0: Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, District President of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. A blessed Pentecost season this Friday, July the 29th, as the light of Jesus shines on us from Genesis chapter 44. The family dynamic continues, and Joseph kind of gets some digs in today, tests his brothers, and we are able to see how that all unfolds. It does make me wonder a little bit as you read this is what were the emotions outside the text? You know, what were the brothers saying to one another about this guy from Egypt. What were they saying? Why is he asking this? Why is he doing that? And also we get a little bit of how Joseph is reacting, but ultimately what was Joseph thinking at the same time as well? Just like, you know, we have a conflict in our own families and you're kind of always wondering, I wonder what the other person is thinking. And yet we all have to depend on how the Lord works his way through it. So that's what we pray for today. As we look at Genesis 44, open up your Bibles, put on your Christ goggles for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information. lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's word this morning, we welcome back regular guest Pastor John Shank of Trinity Lutheran Church in, in school in Edwardsville, Illinois. Pastor Shank, happy Pentecost and welcome back to Thy Strong Word.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's always an honor to be on and yeah, it's uh a wonderful text. We've been building up to these uh, next, you know, our chapter and the next kind of crescendo moment mm. for the narrative that has been unfolding over the last in number of chapters, and and now here it is. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, uh, I thank you, Jenny, for for giving me a, a good uh, a good chapter at a high point uh, <laughs> of the of the narrative of Joseph here.
0: I agree. I agree. There's, there's sometimes where. Where I know you guys that that come on will will look at the text and go, "Oh no, what are we going to do for the full hour but today you can't look at this, and I don't know about you but i'm kind of little i'm I'm st- sitting up a little more uh, uprightly and I'm leaning in I'm excited to see what God does here yeah
1: yeah as we as we take a look at this there's just there's a lot there and a lot that reveals kind of the whole uh the whole storyline of, of what has brought us here, just of the account of Joseph, but then the account of our salvation history, the the, the, the line of Jesus, uh, the, the redemption of man, the, all, all of, all these things play in as we take a look at how this is unfolding. Is it, and then you get, you know, as if you looked at uh, Luther's commentary on, on, on Genesis in this chapter, he kind of even takes up, is it, was it right for Joseph to act in this way? Was he being wrong with his brothers? Is he de- is he deceitful? You know, it's the deceitfulness of Joseph. Um, is that okay? And um, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting chapter,
0: that's for sure. Well, let's keep that in mind as we go, uh, because there's a certain part of me that you kind of want to do some fist bumps in the air when you see Joseph kind of kind of pegging them along a little bit. So you, I have to break down my own my old Adam that wants to see some revenge and then actually see it through the lens of, of, of God's grace and, and the law as well. So uh, you're exactly right. So let's keep that in mind and how about you uh, begin our time in prayer if you could, Pastor? Sure. Let us pray.
1: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Oh, Father, you uncover our secret sins. you reveal them. Uh, by the preaching of your law, we are we are brought to see our sinfulness and our, our contempt for your word, our our selfishness, our, our lack of love, not only for you, but also for our neighbor. Bring us to true repentance so that we may trust in your mercy, uh, see the, the, the great gift that you have given to us and your Son who bore the weight of our sins and and was willing to sacrifice himself, willing to take on our slavery and to bear even the, the weight of death uh, so that we could be set free, free to be our children today and always help us always to rejoice in this gift uh, as your sons and daughters, made so through the waters of holy baptism. Be with us today as we study your holy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Reminder to your listeners, if you have any questions concerning our text, Genesis chapter forty four, send us an email. KFUO at KFUO.org. KFUO at KFUO dot org. Pastor, there's there's a lot like you said. What leads us up to chapter forty-four and good things for us to remember to start off on the right foot? Sure.
1: As as uh, everyone knows, you know, Joseph was was handed over by his brothers, the brothers who Intended to to kill him, who intended to uh, put an end to their, uh, the the fa- favorable preferential treatment of of Joseph uh, by their by their father, uh, this uh, favored son of a favored of a favored wife. Uh, Reuben uh, stepped in and and uh, he wasn't put to death, uh, but then Judah stepped in uh, when Reuben wasn't there. To, to uh, encourage the brothers to take advantage of an opportunity to sell their own brother into slavery, and so he goes. Uh, Over the next uh, number of chapters, we see the the life uh, of Joseph off into slavery, off into prison, off then into a place of honor and uh, a place of of great um, blessing not only for the people of Egypt but for what God would reveal— would be for his promise, to keep his promise not only to the people of Israel, um, but to all people uh, by by keeping a remnant, uh, by keeping a line going, by which he would uh, bring salvation to mankind. Um, at at this time of, of revelation, that there would be a great famine in the land, uh, that famine affected also uh, Israel and his. Uh, then 11 other sons uh, and their children and families and servants and livestock so that they would have to come to Egypt and look for food uh, to trade. Egypt had been well-prepared through God's provision through, through Joseph, and so they come. But when they come, Joseph recognizes them, and he is not recognized. He looks like an Egyptian. He acts like an Egyptian as my uh, associate pastor said the other day he walked like an Egyptian. If you Understand the reference? Um, and then uh, uh, and and then he puts tests before them. He calls them out as spies. You're spying the land. You you uh, see the the weakness of, of Egypt. Uh, something that they probably would have had to do to other real foreign nations. But he knows what he's doing here with his brothers. He asks questions. He finds out that they do have another brother who is not with them and a brother who they said had died. Um, And his test is to go and bring that brother back to him. Um, Simeon is kept. The others go back. Money is found. The money that they said that they were going to, you know, exchange for the food is found in the sacks. and they go back and they wonder what's going on. After they use up all that food, then they have to come back again, but Judah has to remind his father that they can't go back without Benjamin. If they go back without Benjamin they they won't see joseph's face mm. uh, they will be treated as spies and and uh, that nothing good would go for them so they he uh talks his father into allowing his life for his brother's life if anything bad happens. To Benjamin, it will be upon the head of of Judah. So they go uh, as forty three, as we studied yesterday. I'm guessing yep. uh, forty three uh, is all about that time. That so they're in, they make their way back. Joseph uh, greets them, uh, receives them, receives them into their own home. They're wondering, hey, <laughs> they talk to the steward. Hey, we found all this money. What what's that all about? Maybe there was some mistake. We didn't plan to take it. We brought that money back plus extra money. We can pay for the other. We can make all this right. And the steward tells them, it was God. Your God did that to you. Uh, Kind of the first signs of what God has been doing through a mouth of a servant, Um, that God is the one who has been doing this. Um, A first word of encouragement, that God is in control here. And God has blessed them. He receives them into their own home. They, they feast. <laughs> Benjamin gets five times the food. He's uh, <laughs> definitely being treated there as a favorite son um, and given great blessing. And that's when we come to, to our chapter, which gives us one final task How will they treat Benjamin? How are they going to treat their favored son, brother, this youngest boy? How are they going to, not only treat him, but what, what are they going to act uh, towards their own father? And even when they have opportunity for their own freedom, what, what will their response be this time? Because 20 years earlier, it wasn't so good, right? It was plain evil. And that's what brings us to our chapter.
0: Boy, that's it's a it's a fascinating family dynamic. I mean it would make a great nighttime TV show, I think, if you were to try to break this thing down in our modern day today. Like who's the favorite son? You know? How come he yeah. gets five times the food? What about this? What about that? And the whole time there's this like back room deals, back room realities of who really is this person and so forth. So it it is a I'm not gonna call it a soap opera. It's not quite that dynamic, but boy, it's like a it's like a a sitcom that you might watch. Well, not so much now, you watch it on Netflix or you'd watch it uh, on your own free time. <laughs> you gotta get right? your
1: subscription. Yeah. As the fans <laughs> in Egypt flow or you know, as the 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 uh, yeah. Time pass yeah, it's very much soap opera like. Oh yeah, uh, as you said, yeah. because as you've got things with Judah in his past as you see the whole family dynamic not just with Joseph but with with all of them and their relationships with their father, things that they've done in their past. I mean this is a, a mighty test that, that God is putting before them to reveal and to bring about um true contrition, true repentance uh for the sins that they have committed, right?
0: Well, as it ends in verse, uh, excuse me, verse 34, and it says, And they drank and were merry with him. So everything sounds really good. But then we get to verse chapter 44, and then we hear the rest of the story. Let's continue on. Then he commanded the steward of his house, Fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack, And put up my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack sack of the youngest, with his money for the grain. And he did as Joseph told him. As soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away with their donkeys. They had gone only a short distance from the city. Now Joseph said to his steward, Up, follow after the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid evil for good? Is it not from this that my Lord drinks? And by this, he has practiced, he practices divination. You have done evil in doing this. So let's just, there's no good place to stop here, but I do like stopping here because it just breaks down the story. So break it down for us as we begin.
1: Yeah, you'd think they'd learn, right? <laughs> they've they've kind of gone bags. through this before. <laughs> Check your bag. Right? Before you go to the airport, you never know. Maybe maybe you've got a pocket knife or something. Maybe you want to check that bag just to make sure that you know you didn't put your your liquid soap that's beyond the half ounce that you're allowed. You don't want to get jumped by TSA for being a you know a bad guy or something, right? So no, they don't. I, I mean, this is this is what happened before. Uh, they they went home and they were shocked and their hearts within them about you know what what is going on all the money that we paid for all this grain is in the mouth of our sack and then and then they go this time and they don't check um, yeah I think you know and as uh, as the Luther puts it in his commentary they are just overwhelmed with how well this went mm-hmm. look look you know we went back we brought Benjamin we did just as this this man said, who seemed very hard, he's a, it's a very hard man, the man that they don't know is is Joseph, Joseph has been acting very hard towards them, but they did what he said. We've been honest the whole time, we said we had another brother, well actually two, one had died, so they said, um, and and we have a father who's still alive, and he is, so loves this this younger brother, and what are we going to do, and, and so they, they brought him, They they brought the other money, we Look how we received us, you know, God is with us. And then they go on their way without doing what seems so natural, so so obvious, which is to check check your sack before you go. <laughs> um because yeah, they, they put the money there. Um and, and in that in that doesn't I mean from the from that first encounter with his brothers, doesn't it show Joseph's joseph's heart towards his brothers with without that you might be wondering, you know the text isn't revealing everything, just as you mentioned at the beginning, you know what's going on? you know these times where Joseph goes away and he he weeps and he has to kind of mm-hmm. regain himself is he you know is he weeping out of love, is he weeping out of bitterness, is he weeping because his time has been stolen from him? you know what's really going on there? Is it complex? is it simple emotion? Um, but we see in the fact that he, he provides at first when he, with the first encounter, he's like, well, you can send one person back to go get that one brother. And then he, you know, in the next paragraph, he doesn't say I've changed my mind, it's, it's, but he does change his mind. He, he sends all of them back except for one. He keeps one back and sends the rest. And when he sends them, and then it shows that, I mean, he's taking care of everyone. He's, Sending then more grain. If he just sent one person, how could he send very much grain with him? He sends all of them. He's, he cares for them along the way. If one just goes back, is not going to be a very dangerous time to go by yourself all that way back to his father. Um, and, he, and then he gives them all the money back. Right. So, man, he's showing great mercy, great compassion, even though he's <laughs> he's acting partially outwardly towards them. And here he sets up this plan of amazing testing, you know, that he sets his cup. Um, and uh, and then it says divination, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, a cup uh, that he's, you know, alluding that that's, uh, that, you know, the Egyptians obviously have many different ways of uh, interacting with their so-called gods, right? And so he's kind of acting more and more like an Egyptian. Not that he is practicing divination. He's not saying, I'm a diviner. But uh, but he's making himself out to be someone who he's not, so that they can be more and more brought to uh, contrition. So that they would fear Joseph. They would be afraid of what's going to happen to him. That they would be reminded that God... God is the one who sees, right? He sees this. He sees what you have done, um, and so, <laughs> and and so the the trap is being set um, amazingly well.
0: It is. It's very intricately put together. Joseph not only can interpret dreams, but he can he can interpret people, play them like a fiddle, if you will, as we are seeing here. Um, and I like how you you did give some credence to the generosity that he was bringing into the situation. But then, as soon as they went away, um, basically, they're kind of like, hey, he's, he's like, hey, go find, go follow them for a little bit. So you're like, well, maybe he's not being so generous. You know, what, right. what, what <laughs> is he just a trickster in this whole thing? Because we hear that all the time in Genesis, all these trickeries going on. So it's Joseph is a little bit hard to interpret on this and maybe that's the point. We're not supposed to interpret that part of it. But any thoughts on that or the first um five verses? Yeah,
1: I think I think it's it has been a setup the whole time. Trying to understand this Joseph or for them this you know Egyptian leader, um this governor, you know, how how do they understand him? They understand him to be a harsh man. They understand him to be a hard man um a man that cannot be fooled or tricked um and uh and and here they think that they've got a good relationship with him but um it's all going to be tested
0: <laughs> right right and well i think i think the only way to go forward is to continue to read um so <laughs> they stole my cup or did they steal it? I mean, how would we define that? Was it stealing? Was it not stealing? If someone puts it in your backpack and you didn't know it was there, but yet you still took it. Is that stealing? What would your, what would your confirmation answer be to that pastor? Let's, let's break that one down before we move on.
1: Sure. I, I, right. <laughs> so if someone had uh, mistakenly <laughs> taken something, you know, it's a stealing, um, you know, I think that the easy answer here is to say no, they they hadn't stolen anything. Their intent was not to take. But what does the law do? Right? Um, the law reveals all of my sins. So when it comes down to the point of of here coming to confess your sins, they don't. They're not brought up. They're not hung up on did I break this one sin?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't care because I'm a lawbreaker. So I'm not hung up on, well, this is wrong because I, I didn't really take this, or this is wrong because I didn't. No, they're they're hung up on the fact that now it's been all revealed that I'm a lawbreaker. I'm a sinner. Um, so you don't you don't hear them even taking up that question. No, you don't. Um, no, you don't. Because they're, caught up in, in God's trap of revealing, revealing all of their sins, and that's the point, you know, God, um, you know, sometimes when we see someone else's sin that they have done and the effects that it has had on their lives, it has nothing to do with me, I didn't do it, but I might be convicted about how I treated my neighbor, you know, maybe I didn't do that, but I haven't been perfect. I haven't loved my neighbor, and boy, do I see that. So, um, no, maybe they didn't steal this. They didn't put it in their sack, but they're not even worried about that because they know what they have done, and it's
0: far worse. Right, right, and that's something where if you take someone's pen and you don't know you're necessarily doing it, once you find out, you are to return the pen. I mean, this is not a matter of, oh, well, you know, it's not really stealing because I didn't try that. At this point, if you know about it and you continue to do it, then you are. So, like you said, they're not even bringing that up because they feel the weight of that sin, that of that brokenness that's already there. And so it's a question that, well, we can talk about, but here they're not even worried about that because they realize that they've messed up. So, you yeah. ready, ready to move on, Pastor? Sure. All right. Verse 6. When he overtook them, he spoke to them these words. They said to him, Why does my Lord speak such words as these? Far be it from your servants to do such a thing. Behold, the money that we found in the mouths of the sack we brought back to you from the land of Canaan. How then could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? Whichever of your servants is found with, with it shall die, and we also will be my Lord's servant." He said, "Let it be as you say. He who is found with it shall be my servant and the rest of you shall be innocent." Then each man quickly lowered his sack on the ground and each man opened his sack. And he searched beginning with the eldest and ending with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore the cloth, their clothes, clo- clothes, and every man loaded his donkey and they returned to the city. Well, they, they yeah. seem pretty confident, and, and, and then they get to the Benjamin. Whoops.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Overly confident, right? <laughs> That's right. Overly confident. Um, so, um, yeah, here they talk about no, I haven't taken anything. We haven't done anything. We're innocent. And they're, they're like so amazingly confident that they they overspeak. Right? They they say too much. Oh, man, we could never do that. We even you know what we're such good people. We're so uh, you know such an abiding citizens um, that we, even when we found that extra money, we brought it back to you. How could you ever dare accuse us of being anything but the most outstanding people ever? And you know what? <laughs> if any of us are found to be doing anything wrong. Uh, kill him. Whoop. Yeah. Why? Why would you ever say that? Why would you ever have such hubris that you think that you've never sinned, you've never done wrong, that you could that you could offer up a life that doesn't belong to you? Oh wait, isn't that exactly what they've done? Yeah. Didn't they offer up someone's life that didn't belong to them mm-hmm. for their own benefit? So. Here for their benefit of their name, for their fame, uh, for for their reputation, for how the world would see them. They offered up their son or the, their father's son, not even knowing it. But that's the trap, right? That's the trap that has been set. And so they, they go through the whole uh, little dog and pony show of, well, let's start with the oldest. Because you can't go right for the youngest, right? You can't because that'd be pretty obvious. Well, maybe you're the one that put it in there, right? <laughs> if you know exactly where it is. How did right. you know that? So he's like, no, 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 let's start up here. Obviously we start with the oldest and go down to the youngest. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do that. And every time it, that probably as Luther talks about, probably which each sack, their, uh, their um, kind of confidence level, their arrogance, you know, Maybe as they're getting down to the last few, getting down to the last one, they're about mocking this man. See, why we told you? We're no thieves. You owe us now. You, you've insulted us. What kind, what a kind of payment are you going to make towards us? You know, they're, they're probably going <laughs> after the guy. Uh, how could you ever you know, hurt our reputation, our name, which is so high, unless you remember God knows the whole story. What about their reputation? What about their name? What about their deeds and their sense of sinlessness? But they're not a thief. But they've stolen Joseph's life. They've stolen 20 years from him, from his father. They are thieves and murderers. And, And so here they go, back to Joseph. The last one that they wanted to see.
0: Yeah, he's not, I guarantee he's not high on their priority list to go see once again. But there they have to go. So, Pastor, let's talk more about that on the other side of our break. We are studying Genesis chapter 44 with Pastor John Shank, and we will be right back. <music> On America's college campuses, doors are open to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. The number of international students studying at American schools has more than quadrupled over the past decade. For many of these young men and women, it's their first time living in a free society where they can ask questions about Christianity. You can help answer their questions. Go to lhfmissions.org and partner with the Lutheran Heritage Foundation to translate good Lutheran books into languages these students can read and understand. lhfmissions.org. And welcome back. We are studying Genesis chapter 44 with Pastor John Shank of Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Edwardsville, Illinois. Pastor, like you said, there's a lot of trickery um, that they are, uh, well, they're, 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 He's doing, he's doing his thing. They're kind of doing their thing. They're trying to figure out how to get out of this. They're, they're trying to figure out what this means. They're overly confident by just saying, here, I'll just show you everything. And then all of a sudden he gets to Benjamin, and boom, there's a problem. Pastor, anything else in these first 13 verses?
1: Yeah, right there, you know, verse 9, you know, whichever your servant is found with it shall die, right? So they're the ones have pronounced the death sentence on their brother. It came from It came from their mouth. Um, again, that is bringing this full circle to making Benjamin, Joseph, you know, uh, and how are they going to treat Benjamin, the favored son of the father, now that his life and his freedom is on the line.
0: Well, we get that feel too, where we see what they did with the other brother that they didn't necessarily like. Now what are they going to do with Benjamin in the situation? So that, that there's, a, there's a certain amount of anticipation here when you stop at verse 13 about what does this mean? Um, what will they do? Because they don't have a great track record before this. Any thoughts, Pastor, on how that relates to our lives and faith now as we make our daily decisions and try to do so faithfully?
1: Yeah, I mean... Um I think they're they're starting to show, right? Mm-hmm. Starting to show um, that God has been at work in their heart, um, bringing them from that moment of great sin, changing them by His working. Um, because as He has brought them to this moment, how did they react? Verse thirteen tells us that they tore their clothes mm-hmm. when uh, Joseph was reported to be. Uh, to have died, what did their father do? He tore his clothes in mourning, so now they have a their reaction to the to the you know pronouncement of death of the of the beloved brother beloved son is different, so they're starting to show that God has been at work. you know yes, they sinned, and their sin was great and and, 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 and gravest sin it's hard to imagine a worse thing to do uh, than what they have done to their brother. And yet now God has been at work, at work in the life of Joseph, and now we can see him at work in their hearts too, um, because the reaction is uh,
0: quite distinctly different. That is fascinating, because, yeah, you don't see any form of repentance when they throw Joseph into the cistern. I mean, I mean besides, maybe they had a little bit when Reuben kind of got riled up but, but you don't hear of it. And here we do see, um, if you will, contrition, where they tore their clothes, every man loaded his donkey, and they returned to the city. that they they know, boy, we messed up. And you can't tell me there wasn't some of that feeling about remembering Joseph and what they did. That had to have been deep in the heart as well. They you know, but I could be wrong, but it seems to me that that would be deep in their heart as well, especially as you go through, Um, the narrative with uh, Joseph and his brothers. So, Pastor, anything else uh, before we move on? No, we'll definitely see that coming up here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Verse 14. When Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, he was still there. They fell before him on the ground, and Joseph said to them, What deed is that you have done? Do you not know about a man like me can indeed practice divination? And Judah said, What shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak, or how can we clear ourselves? God has found out the guilt of your servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and, also, and he also in whose hand the cup has been found. But he said, far be it from me that I should do so. Only the man in whose hand the cup was found shall be my servant. But as for you, go in peace to your father." And Judah went up to him and said, O my Lord, please let your servants speak a word in my Lord's ear, and let not your anger burn against their servant, for you are like Pharaoh himself. My Lord asked his servants, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And when we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a young brother, the child of his old age. His brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me that I may set my eyes on him. We said to my lord, the boy cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. Then you said to your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. So we get, a, get kind of a, a rehashing of, of the story, how they get to that point. Your thoughts on 14 through 23.
1: So that first... The first paragraph, 14 through, 14 through 17, right? So they come back to Joseph. What do they first do? They fall down before him, right? Mm. What was Joseph's original dream? <laughs> that all of his brothers would fall down before him. Their, their, um, sinfulness was that they, uh, they had rejected this right? they had rejected the reality that that God uh, we know further right uh, through the uh, outcome of everything that God would uh, work uh, there uh, in this life in the sense of this life salvation right they would be saved from the famine because of God's working uh, to bring Joseph to where he was and to to elevate him to give him the insight of what was about to unfold and the wisdom to know how to handle it and to preserve uh life now because of their their own action uh brought about the unfolding of these things uh so it, it is uh it is quite shocking to see them fall down before Joseph the last thing that they wanted to do um now they're doing, but they don't even know it's they don't even know it's joseph yet. So they fall down before him and they, they don 't even know what to say what, what could we say and that's what I was talking about before it's not like they plead um, you know they're begging for their lives and that sense of saying i'm so innocent i'm so innocent because they, they, they come out and say it um, they, they they say that um, uh, that that God that, you know God has uh, found out the guilt of Um, of your servants. God, God knows their guilt. You know, Joseph kind of says, you know, what are you going to say? You know, what is this, what is this you've done? So, you know, I can practice divination, right? (laughs) I can, I can see all things, right? Um, And in this way, Joseph has been like God to them, right? By God's provision, we have our daily bread. Through Joseph, unknown to them, to this Egyptian governor, you know, he has been like a god to them. He has held the power of life over them. He has been able to provide blessing to them. And now he is the one who is speaking judgment to them. And uh, and so they, they know that before God they are guilty. So they're not going to sit here and plead, I'm an innocent man, I've never done anything wrong. You can't do this to me. You know, all this kind of stuff. But they, they do say that they are, they are um, his servants. And Joseph tightens it on again. Tightens it down. Oh No, no, no. I would never do anything like that. Far be it from <laughs> the Lord to act unjustly. I won't be acting unjustly. Only, only the criminal shall remain. And the rest of you go in peace, go back home. So before, right? What did they do when they sold their brother into slavery? They all went back home in peace. They they got to spend all these years with their family in peace, having children, growing, rejoicing, having wonderful time with their father. They lived in peace. Before their brothers would have taken this offering and they would have rent they would have run with it. Well uh, yeah, yeah, Benjamin, he's a thief. We found out he was a thief. He's in jail, sorry. You know, that's what happens. But they didn't this time and we see we see Judah has a different reaction. He comes he comes to Joseph. Well, we know it's Joseph. He doesn't know it's Joseph and he has to tell him about their father. He has to tell them what's going on. He has to plead for Benjamin's life. And that's what he's doing.
0: So let's keep moving forward. I, you know, How do you say it? You feel like you're a little confused who's talking, how they're talking. And so it says at the end, Then you said to your servants, Unless our youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. And I, and I, was, I was thinking about just that dynamic where they said, Yeah, we were kind of hoping we wouldn't see you again. And, uh, <laughs> but yet here we are. And it's a great way to start a conversation, by the way, and say, you know, I, I kind of wish we weren't talking right now. I'm like, oh, well, thank you for that. Um, but here, it 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 just shows that, yeah, they they they're they're broken. I mean, they're broken. They know they've made mistakes. They know they're doing things wrong. They come and and they're just trying hard to figure out what they're gonna do next. And so, it's it's a fascinating to see it from the brothers' perspective where they don't leave and just go have dinner like before, now they, they have to go back and see it face-to-face, even though they don't necessarily know what they're seeing. Pastor, anything else yeah. you have to highlight?
1: Well, that, that verse that you're, you're referencing, you know, you, you will not see my face again, it, it just definitely reminds us, and that's kind of why I'm bringing that up, that that parallelism between uh, this governor, uh, Joseph, being like a figure you know a type of godlike figure for them right because his you won't see my face again well that what's that ironic benediction right that God's face mm-hmm. turned toward you and his face see you face the upon you. it is that's a blessing so if his face is not turned towards you then it's turned against you right? right it's turned from you and there is no blessing there for you there'll be no food for you that you will starve if God's and out here, Joseph's face would not be turned towards them. So if they didn't follow what he said, his face would not be turned towards them. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that reality of what, why they had to do what they did um, is being put before them.
0: It is interesting because you look at that where, you know, may, may his face shine upon you, that we'll use in that ironic uh, benediction, to remind you that if you're not, if you're not looking then you can't look kindly on somebody, right? Um, And so that's definitely something here where they're dealing with this face-to-face, and how does this all play out? Well, it's kind of hidden right now. There's a veil over their eyes, no doubt about it. So let's continue on. Are you ready to move on, Pastor? Yes, please. All right. When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And when our father said, go again, buy us a little food, we said, we cannot go down. If our youngest brother goes with us, then we will go down. For we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant, my father said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. One left me and I said, surely he has been torn to pieces and I've never seen him since. If you take this one also from me, and harm happens to him, you shall bring down my gray hairs and evil to Sheol. So this is kind of a uh, this is a conversation that's a little bit uh, hard to break down or try to think through. So, Pastor, help us out.
1: Yeah, so, so Judah is the one talking. He, he's revealing to this governor, and, and it seems like a recap for us, but they don't know it's Joseph. Right. So they're telling Joseph, they're telling Joseph without knowing they're telling Joseph all that had happened. Mm-hmm. And they're telling Joseph some things that he didn't know. How did, how, how did, uh, how did Israel respond when they, when he told him that I died? Did he just go, oh, I mean, he was a little bit of an arrogant boy. <laughs> oh, well, you know, at least I've got 11 other kids.
0: Right. boys, Right.
1: Or, you know, no, he was, he almost died. He almost died that time. His life has been broken since the time that his first son died, right? His first beloved son, not in order, mm-hmm. you know, his mm-hmm. first son of his beloved daughter or beloved wife. Mm-hmm. So, um, so now he has this other son of his beloved wife. We can't go back. He even, in fact, wanted to send us without him, but we told him we couldn't go. I said, I will, I will keep him safe. I will take his place. I will do this. So, yeah, all that's being recapped, and that's why Judah knows I can't. I can't go back. I can't go back.
0: No, I just, I just, I just can't. That's you feel that language it's as possible. you speaking. I just can't. I just can't. I mean, you can say it, but I, I just, I just can't. So you, you, you start to feel the feelings that they're having here, where we can treat the brothers as if they have no soul because we keep thinking about when they threw them in the cistern, but. Guess what? They're real people. They they feel the yeah. same guilt and shame that we have. And and to me, when I when I've been studying this, it just makes me realize how I pray for patience as as I work with people. And because they might have a cistern story, if I I don't want it, that's too, maybe too far. But you know what I mean. They they have right. these stories in their past that they're holding on to, and I have mine. And so not only do I pray for patience with me, but I pray for patience for other people when they have to deal with me. Because we all come with these stories that we that we're a soul that needs caring for, you know, and that's and that's the role of the church, that's the role of our pastor. And it's quite extensive because you know what, we all have a story. So that, that makes it very difficult. Pastor, any thoughts on that as we hear about the brothers and, and ministry in the local church today?
1: The only thing I would point out, too, to grieving parents, family members of a, of a child who maybe is wayward now. Maybe right now they are walking away from everything that they've ever been taught, every lesson they learned in Sunday school, every lesson from confirmation or struggling greatly and in some kind of sin that seems beyond what could ever be brought back. Look at these boys, Right. Look what they had done to their own flesh and blood and see what God has done over all these years. Over these 20 years, he has brought them to really love their father. I can't go back. I can't kill my father. If I go back without him, my father will surely die, and he won't do it. Where before, he didn't care about his father. If he cared about his father, he wouldn't treat his son so poorly, right? His own brother. He didn't care, they none of them did, but God has worked, and the things that we would say, well that's impossible for these these ones to be brought to such love and care for our, for their other brother or such a a great repentance, um, God has worked what we would have thought to be impossible.
0: Well, let's continue as we hear these words, verse thirty. now, therefore. Now therefore, please let your servant remain instead of of the boy as a servant to my Lord, and let the boy go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. Pastor, as an outsider to this story, you do wonder how in the world um, would you not have compassion on the pleading of this young man. <laughs> you know, like listen, this is just not an option. So you can feel it and you and you you're anticipating that Joseph will have compassion because it's very clear what this will do to the father, let alone from the outside. Joseph obviously did. He loved his father. His father loved him. So what are the emotions that Joseph is experiencing at this same time? So those last verses, uh, break it down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So as we're looking at this, we could We could, you know, fall into all different kinds of emotions, you know, but I think a couple things are good to point out, you know, because the last few chapters, it seems like it's almost like we've flipped, and Joseph is the evil one, but it's not the case, and that's not what the Scriptures are pointing out, right? The Scriptures are making Joseph into an evil person. This is exactly what they deserved, but he doesn't actually give it to them. They deserved to die. They mistreated their brother. They wanted to kill their own brother. They sold their own brother into slavery, knowing that a slave's life is going to be short, knowing that a slave is abused until they die. That's what they did to their own brother. Mm. What kind of sentencing should we give to that? Oh, it's okay. No, it's fine. Everything's okay. No, God is bringing to them exactly the the heartbreak the heartbreak that that they should have over Joseph. Um, so what what God is doing here through this narrative is exactly what they needed. They needed to be brought to repentance to see what they have done. Now God has done it. God has actually done something that we could have never done, which is bring someone to repentance and to see the the weight and gravity of their their sins. And so they're seeing that, and in it, and in it we see a picture of all of our salvation. So it's Judah, again, who is speaking. And and Judah is the one by whom the line of Jesus, our Savior, comes, who is in the line of Judah. And so what does Jesus do? But he agrees. He makes a stance. Take, trust me, Father, I will take their place. If something would happen, it will happen to me, And that's what our Savior, that's what Jesus has done. Jesus has come, and he has taken Benjamin's place. We are the Benjamin. Mm. We are the guilty ones. We are the ones who deserve to be enslaved forever. Uh, We are the ones who deserve that. And yet Judah has come. Our Jesus has come and says, no, that, that would kill my father to see you suffer, to have you taken away from him forever. I will take your place. And Jesus, our Lord, he does it. A beautiful foreshadowing of what our Lord has done. And this whole story has been a beautiful foreshadowing of what Jesus and our Heavenly Father, in their love for us, has done. Joseph, the beloved son of the Father, is sent. The Father sends Joseph to his brothers, and they reject him. Mm -hmm. They reject him. They don't want to bow down before him. They reject him. And they cast him off. And this one who has been cast off has been highly exalted. And he comes with grace and mercy in hand. He doesn't have them pay for their own sins. They cannot. They can never make it right. So we can look at the story and say, uh, yes, God used it all for good. So does it mean that a good thing that they sold their brother into slavery? No. <laughs> no, that's evil. And it's wrong. And it's a horrible sin that they should repent of. But our God being so rich in grace, our God being so amazingly marvelous in love and mercy, He even loved them. He loved us to the point of preserving a line so that our Lord Jesus would come and save us all. Not just from a famine, not just from seven bad years, but from the fullness the completeness, <laughs> the perfect bad years of of eternal death and being perfectly separated from Him for all eternity, God
0: preserved us
1: all uh, through His Son Jesus.
0: I think what you really, well, well, I'm 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 sitting here. Realizing that a blind spot I had in this story was simply looking at Joseph as the Christ figure. And you said it so well, the beloved son, you know, goes away and is rejected even by his own brothers. I mean, this is the parable of the workers in the vineyard um, language that we see all throughout. And so I'm always, I've been reading this and studying this with that. Okay, where's Joseph? How is he like Jesus? Where's Joseph? How is he like Jesus? And then, boom, this whole time, I miss Judah. <laughs> <laughs> Judah yeah. pleads, "I will take his place. I will take his place to the, to please the Father." Right? I mean, just how we not how do we not see Jesus in Judah and let alone the lineage that leads to him? Oh my goodness! My encouragement to you, our listeners, is, "Oh, sit at the feet of others as we study the text." That is one of the great joys of Thy wrong Word. Here is that. Wow, the Holy Spirit works, and there's so many more riches to find in Holy Scripture when you put your Christ goggles on. Pastor, we have about a minute and a half left in our time. How would you summarize this chapter and encourage our listeners in Christ, even more than you've already been doing? It's wonderful.
1: Yeah, I would say uh, reconciled, right? Mm -hmm. Fully restored. You'll see it tomorrow as uh, you continue to study and to... 45 all will be revealed the whole will see the beautiful face and they will be restored and God's glory will be revealed but we know it we know the end of the story we know that God's plan for our salvation is greater than all of our sins we know that his forgiveness far far exceeds what we have done to separate ourselves from him and from each other See how broken this family is, and I know that our lives, our families, to be broken in sin and separation. And yet, and yet here, here our Lord shows us that He is greater, greater than it all. And we just bow before Him and and worship Him and trust, trust in His mercy of His cross, and all of our sins are paid for there. So we lend ourselves, we hand over our, our Brothers and sisters, we, we, we give everyone over to Jesus and trust that he is at hand. The one who loved us enough to die for us is the one who reconciles us all to himself. Amen.
0: Amen to that. Pastor John Shank of Trinity Lutheran School, Church and School in Edwardsville, Illinois, Give us God's strong word from Genesis chapter 44. Pastor Shank, as always, it's a joy, and thank you for bringing us his gifts. Thank you. I'm your host, Pastor Brady Finnan, District President of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for joining us and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.